Hey guys, we have a very special episode today. We have Romina on the podcast. She came up with an incredible tweet that asked people to describe their favorite movies as boring as possible, and it is hysterical. It's been blowing up, and we thought it'd be fun to chat with her about that. But follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And Matt, we got a special guest in the Launchpad. Romina's here. Romina, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You are kind of having a little spotlight, a little 15 minutes of a tweet that came out, but you do so much more than that. You're a podcaster, you're a creator, you do travel, you travel all over the place. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What, uh, what is your main passion? What do you do? Uh, well, my main passion right now is getting through the entire Star Trek franchise. I started in <laughs> December of 2017, and I'm just wrapping up uh, Deep Space Nine. So Ooh. I've literally been watching Star Trek every single day, a little bit of Star Trek every single day since December 2017. That's an undertaking. Who is your favorite Star Trek character right now? Um, oh, that's, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hit you with the hard questions. Uh, that's hard, man. <laughs> but like, are you a, a Kirk fan? Spock? You know, I mean, obviously we have like, I think it goes in categories. So from the original series, I would say Spock is my favorite. Kirk is Classic. a little bit too much of a flirt for me. He's a little bit too much. I can't, <laughs> you know, like, he's hey guys, fun. we have business to do here. Let's not, let's not be flirty with. Yeah. People. Right. Right. I mean, like he's <laughs> like, I'd invite him to the barbecue, but I probably only hang out with him for like 10, 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I think that's fair. But I bring him to the party because he's fun. Right. Give him the long goodbye. But no, I mean, like my favorite character would probably say Spock is my favorite character from the original series and the, uh, the unspoken animated series. <laughs> Did you watch that too? Yeah, I watched that. I'm watching the entire thing. (laughs) The entire thing. Now, let me ask you this. This is completely off the topic that we're going to talk about, but I think we all have those franchises and those big nerd high points that we somehow miss that we then do what you're doing and go back and binge. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's either harder to go back and binge, especially something like that's so voluminous as Star Trek, but... Do you think it's hard or things start to run together when you go back and binge as opposed to if you had watched Star Trek kind of as it came out or at least around about when it came out like a lot of other people did? So I actually I made a spreadsheet for this cause. So I actually have a wow. spreadsheet of everything that I'm watching in chronological order. So I'm actually watching stuff as it came out. So Deep Space Nine and Deep Space Nine and Voyager were kind of they kind of were at the same time airing um and so i've had to stop watching voyager in order to watch deep space nine in the way that it would have happened if that, if it was airing like season by season like yeah. go, this came out and then this episode and yeah then this and then the movies and then yeah so i'm doing all the films wow. in between when they're yeah when they came out I really like that attention to detail. Yeah, I was like, I feel like we could hang I, out. Like, I would, you, yeah. you, if I have a barbecue, you can come over. I will talk to you for more than 10 minutes. 
I am worried that we could go into a deep dive on Star Trek. I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Trekkie. I'm certainly not the biggest Trekkie, but yeah. like Deep Space Nine, I might be one of the few people who thinks Quark was hilarious. And oh yeah, I mean, Quark's else is great. Like, yeah, Quark is, 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 <laughs> Quark is a great, the thing about Deep Space Nine, and I, I, I promise I'm not going to go, I'm not going to turn this into a Star Trek podcast, but what's great about Deep Space Nine is the character development. Yeah. Deep Space Nine is full of filler episodes which like, like every few episodes, I'm like, wow, I keep like the, the writers have like some kind of thing with like father son relationships because like every other episode is like a camping trip or like something like this. And I'm like, why is this happening right now? There's like a war going yep. on with the, de- anyway, that aside, I feel like Deep Space Nine really shines with character development. The characters have really fleshed out arcs throughout all of the different seasons. So it makes it a really uh, exciting journey. Deep Space Nine was that perfect time slot where my cartoons were over and Deep Space Nine came on and my parents didn't make me turn off the TV. So I watched it like that's what got me into Star Trek first was Deep Space Nine, because, you know, I was aware of the other Mm -hmm. properties. And and of course, you know, Picard was awesome. But Deep Space Nine was the one that I had toys for. Yeah. It's like into just purely. Yeah. Yeah. Purely because my parents were like. You can watch that. I'm not going to make it turn off. It was a good jumping on point, too. Like, if you yeah, weren't, yeah. if you hadn't seen much before, then it was okay to jump on. There. But yeah, let's not get sucked. Let's not yeah, jump let's on not there. It. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, aside, aside from doing that, um, I do, I love film. It's yeah. uh, something that I'm super passionate about, uh, whether it's watching movies, making movies, acting in movies, and whatnot. I actually just voiced a character in an audio drama called The Great Chameleon War. So if you guys want to check that out, it's a surreal, like, dream apocalypse, weird fiction. It's pretty fun. I do a paleontologist voice. Yeah, and I guess I blog, and I I also vlog. Yeah, I do whatever I can get my hands on. But you're very active in Twitter, as, as we've seen, and you came up with this tweet. Can you describe your favorite movie as boring as possible? Tell me about what how that came about. This This thing has blown up huge. Right, so I was sitting on the toilet, and I was looking at my All phone. All good ideas come there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And I just thought, I don't even know like where it came from. Honestly, like I don't take credit for it. I feel like that's something that's probably been done before. Someone showed me like a Reddit post that was like from years ago that was similar. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, whatever. And like I had people that were like fighting for me because because like other brands, like big name brands like Mercedes actually just came up with their own version of it like three days ago, four days ago. Yeah. And so I had people that were like, how dare you like do this and not like credit Romina and all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, guys, like settle down, like (laughs) not a big deal here. You know, it's just the tweet. All right. People are going to forget about it in like a month. Like it's cool. Honestly, I, I definitely, I have had a lot of trouble being in isolation and like, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's happening in the world. And it kind of feels like, like ever impending doom. Yeah. But I don't necessarily feel, I feel like there's like a lot of good stuff that's happening too. There's always good and bad happening. It's just very easy to get focused on the negative and the bad stuff. And to me, what brought so much joy to me was the fact that so many people were retweeting and coming up with all these great things and and just having fun and laughing. And that's what originally brought me to the internet yeah. many moons ago. And that kind of experience it makes me really happy. So I feel like if, I, if somebody got a good laugh out of out of some of these, then, then I've done my job. Yeah, we've been cracking up over them. And the way this came about, Matt and I were like, hey, here's something funny. This is something you and I could riff on. Matt and I love riffing on stuff like this. 
something we could just have a good time and make an episode out of. And then I was like, I'm going to look up who wrote this. Get, try and give them credit. Where credit was <laughs> like, we literally were going to record that episode last week. And like we, well, like, we, met we were up about and to was, hit record. Rumi was like, wait, I could look up. He's, you said, I looked up the woman who created this, the, like who did, you know, really started getting this rolling on Twitter. Do you want me to reach out to her and see if we can get her on the episode? We were like, yeah. So we just totally like last, like literally last minute tabled that episode. And then last week's episode, we just recorded we shot from the hip from some other stuff. But it was definitely worth the wait because your website seems amazing. Your other tweets have been really fun. So I think we'll have we'll think we'll have some fun chatting going on today. Thank you. So, yeah, some of the fun responses. I, I have a list of, you know, some somebody's curated a list of some pretty funny ones. And the first one that made me crack up, this was in a newspaper from it seems to be a while ago, but it says the Wizard of Oz. Transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh so hard because I was like, right off the bat, you're like, wow, she does kill the first person she meets. (laughs) Just drops a house on her. Oh, yeah. The Wizard of Oz is violent. So (laughs) freaky. Yeah, it's violent. You watch this thing now and you're like, not only is it wicked violent, but the other witch is like, I need to figure out how to kill this little girl and her dog. Did, did you use the word wicked on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at least she's a witch, though. You're right. All the other people there are like super violent and like they're not witches, at least ostensibly not a witch. That's that's pretty hardcore. Right. The trees are violent. The trees like are evil, violent. Yeah. They're, all, they're just one step down from evil dead trees, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I figure that when the sun goes down, I, I bet the munchkins get ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I started to make a moment, you know, Twitter allows you to make moments where you can aggregate all of the, you know, different tweets into a moment. You are much better at this than I am. I do not know what that is. <laughs> well, I created a moment, which is like, it's, it's typically what you'll see, like when you go onto Twitter and you see trending stuff. Sure. Those are moments that have been created by people. For okay. part. So I created one for this and i started compiling it it's really difficult because i actually had to eventually mute my notifications because i just go yeah i mean i would just leave twitter open and it would be blank and then suddenly it would just say 20 plus like it would literally go from blank to 20 plus and that was like constant so i was like okay i need i have a life um (laughs) (laughs) contrary to popular belief so I actually muted anybody who wasn't following me. I had to mute them because it was just too much. Because I do like to interact with people, but it was just like counterproductive. So I actually went back and started to go through and start adding the ones that I thought were kind of funny. Um, one of the ones that I really liked was Three Guys Go Fishing, which is Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a depressed guy meets an old lady. That's Harold and Maude. <laughs> Rick interviews former workers to determine proper time for retirement. Blade Runner. <laughs> Those are so they're, they took the boring to heart there. Yeah, this is really like they really did. You know, they really did a good job about this. Uh, I kind of like this one. This is this is actually one that I made up, which is old man ties a few balloons to his house to commemorate his late wife. <laughs> That's amazing. Everybody cries. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> cries. I didn't uh. add that part. I think it was enough that we all saw the movie and had to go through it. 
<laughs> you have to think about it. Here's one. Man turns off alarm clock 3,176 times. That's from After Calm. And that's like, that's Groundhog's Day. And I was like, I love it. That I was love my it. favorite one. When I saw that one, I was like, oh, man. That was actually, I think, on the same night. It was the same day. That was one of the first ones that I got was that one. Ugh. And so I saw it and I was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> I was literally just like sitting alone in my room. Like it was, I think it was like maybe 10, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And by this point, like I was getting a lot of responses, but it really hadn't like really blown up to the point of like, mm. you know, just notifications going at, all over the place. And so I was going through all these responses and I was laughing by myself, like reading all these things. And I was like, wow, people are so original. And I'm so glad that people are using another part of their brain, you know, <laughs> to kind sure, of, yeah. you know, break from all of the stuff that's been going on and just kind of be like, oh man, yeah, like I love this movie and I'm going to make it as boring as possible. It's such a fun thought experiment. I think like the big key is you try and boil down what are the elements of the movie? And then what part of those elements still tell the story? What is the fewest words you can use to describe this movie without having any flourish to it? And that, that's that been really fun to even like look at your movie and go, what, is, what am I really watching and what is the real elements? Matt, do you have one that you came up with? I know you have a bunch. Do you want me to give you the movie or do you want me to give you the summary first? Do the summary first. Yeah, yeah, let's do so the summary. I have, I have two that I liked, but they're, they're two that we've already said. The first one is three men try to catch a large predator that supposedly injured some bathers. <laughs> this is the mayor's line. And then I just yeah. have same shit, different day. <laughs> what is that? Groundhog same Day. Same shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not my oh. stronger ones. I have a couple better ones, but it's, you know, it's like what we just said with some of the ones that Romina read. I did a couple that are very boring and I read them this morning and I was like, for the sake of comedy, I got to put a little bit more in there because if it's just too boring, it's not even that it's not as as funny. But that in and of itself, like you said, Rumi, is like a, a thought experiment. Like it really makes you kind of think outside of the box. Like, how do you how do you take what is notable and what is memorable about these movies? And I guess we're still doing this to be like funny, right? Because mm -hmm. I have a bunch. What do you, do you have any rooms? Yeah, man finds backpack, disgraces actor. <laughs> man, you went, you lean into the boring too. Do you know what it is? There's a big hint right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> disgraces actor. Rumi has a Rocketeer poster behind him. There's a wow. Rocketeer. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Video. <laughs> you know, nobody can see it, but there's a Rocketeer poster right behind me in the movie. Cliff finds this backpack that's a jetpack and he fights Nazis. And it turns out that one of the big actors in town, like mm -hmm. uh, like a, a, a very famous actor, is like leading these this group of Nazis. Yeah. Just thinking of that right there. It's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. He just finds a backpack and punches <laughs> a bunch of Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite movie of all time is Planet of the Apes. And that one wow, was nice. kind of difficult. I still can't really figure out how to make that boring. Because everything about it is interesting. Right. It's just so out there. Man from space is immediately interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if I start off with like man goes on a mission in space, like already like I've, I've shot right, myself right, right. in the foot, right? Yeah. That one, uh, you know, back to the future. That one's really hard to make boring. I can't, I can't figure like, uh, like kid meets up with mad scientist. I, you know, it's like, how do you make those boring? 
son gives his dad dating advice. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best I could come up with. Yeah, I tried really hard to do that one as well. But there's there's like there's so many jokes about that movie that the joke of the movie would be that one liner. Right. Planet of the Apes is hard. I'm thinking man falls in love with mute woman. Still sounds interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch that. (laughs) Let's see. Planet of the Apes. So what are the elements? You have a guy. He comes back from space. He gets enslaved by apes, rescues a woman. You've already, man, that is is so exciting. What about this? What about this? For Planet of the Apes. Guy still on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Man visits Statue of Liberty is sad about it. (laughs) Wow. Well, he's mad. He's mad about it. Mad about it. Statue of Liberty upsets man. (laughs) Statue of Liberty. (laughs) I like that. That's a good one. Oh, we did it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. So here's another one by Tristan Naylor posted this on his Professor Skip's Office Hours to Find Misplaced Box. I love that. That makes me... <laughs> Say it again. Well, Professor skips office hours to find a misplaced box. Shit, these are harder than I would have thought. What's a professor movie? Name name some famous professors. Oh, I got, I, yeah, I, I, got it, I got it. I got it. I got it. I was there. I was there. I was there. I got it. Well, what is it, Rumi? Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I love the box. The box is the best part of that movie. Yeah. Of that description. Professor and his dad look for missing cup. so ridiculous it's amazing how people to see the lens that people suddenly can like look at a movie i was really having a tough time because i was looking at like big blockbusters and i was trying to figure out how to do the avengers and that was really difficult because everything about the the avengers is like genetically engineered by by film scientists to be 100 percent exciting all the time everything about it is like so I was trying to come up with, like, how do you describe one of these movies to be boring? And the only one I could come up with is some people try to pull a glove off a purple man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even that's a little too interesting because I'm like, purple man? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Even if he wasn't purple, I'd still have many yeah. questions. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah. what's up with that glove? You know, what's really interesting is that this whole exercise i mean there's a, there's an entire class that's dedicated just to creating log lines i took screenwriting yeah. class and and this is an entire class is is just coming up with with log lines yeah yeah the the log line formula rumi and i have done shitty movie sunday which is a thing that i, I still do i've done it for i think like 15 plus years now where every sunday night me and some friends get together and we watch terrible movies and I've just walked through Best Buy and plopped money down based on either the tagline of a movie or the log line on the back. And I'll just be like, that's good enough to get my $10 to buy that DVD. And I think it's like the fact that it is a class is, is completely believable because it's like ridiculously important. And it's <laughs> what I want to know is the people who write the extra couple sentences for like streaming services. Netflix used to be terrible at it. And Netflix, I, I, they did one the other day, actually. But it always ends in what they think is like a really clever question. Like, you know, <laughs> but which one is the real teacher? Or like the real teacher will surprise them. And you're like, I fucking get what you're doing. But every like, I remember for a while, Netflix, everything ended that way. It's like yeah. man finds backpack. But is it a backpack? Like, no, clearly it's not a backpack because you're asking me about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I still find a lot of those. Netflix is full of them. And I, I feel like it's the same. I mean, they must get like 100 people to write those. And maybe two or three of them keep thinking the coolest thing to do is to end it with that really daunting question. And it's like, bro, it just looks like the same thing as every other movie that you have on here. Matt, do you remember when we watched an entire shitty, shitty, shitty kung fu movie based on a description that said there was going to be a roller skating monkey in it? <laughs> it said, Uncle Monkey tries to find the golden banana is what the crux of it was. And it yeah. said, a movie that opens with roller skating ninjas. And then it was this terrible pan and scan kung fu movie that opened so close on action, you didn't know who was doing what, let alone that it was ninjas, <laughs> let alone that they were roller skating. That's also one of the best shitty movie Sunday mov- moments because it was like a full house. We had like, we probably had like 12 or 15 people there. Rumi yeah. went to the bathroom. And while he was in the bathroom, I looked at everyone. I was like, guys, on the count of three, let's yell. And when he comes out, we'll tell him he missed the roller skating. Ninja. <laughs> and I said, one, two, three. And we all went crazy. And you came running out. You're like, did I miss the ninjas? And I was like, yeah, dude, it was great. And you're like, ah, you sat down. 20 minutes later, one of our other friends went to the bathroom. And I looked at you and I was like, dude, on the count of three, let's yell. And when he comes out, we'll tell him the roller skating ninjas came back. And you were like, okay. And everyone else in the room was just watching you because you totally didn't get what I was joking. <laughs> Oh, classic. There was an Uncle Monkey in that movie. There just wasn't a golden banana. But that monkey also halfway through the movie, they just suddenly were like, we're tired of dealing with this chimp in the movie. And (laughs) they just killed him off screen. They're like, oh, monkey's dead. It's called Kung Fu Arts, if anybody wants to check that out. (laughs) All right. I have a I have a Stephen King trilogy. Oh, are you a Stephen King fan, Romina? Eh. Eh? (laughs) Oh, oh, a little man. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. If you were to pick one Stephen King property that is like slightly appealing, a little a little above me, is there one that you like more than others? Tiny. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good one. I mean, it's pretty basic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not basic. There's a movie about the conspiracies about it. I mean, when you say the word fan, are you like fan or is it just like, do you like? Because I like. like. I Not a fan. You're right. You're right. That's That's a good distinction. Okay, because I enjoy. I'm not like, I don't go and like buy the latest Stephen King novels or, you know, go watch every one of those movies, but I've seen a number of them. I actually just finished reading Carrie like a month month ago. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that one is pretty good. It's sad. Poor Carrie. I always feel bad for her. (laughs) The tragedy of Carrie. She wouldn't feel bad for you. (laughs) No, she wouldn't at all. Uh, Although... I have learned if something really bad goes down, like somebody gets a bucket of pig's blood dumped on, I just run for the doors immediately. All the times that that's happened, I just run for the doors. <laughs> I've seen too many disaster in high school gyms. Because that happens all the time? No, never happened. <laughs> <laughs> never happened. All right, Matt, hit me with your trilogy. Let's let's hear it. Let's see if we can figure out. I think you might know them quicker than, than Romina, but let's try it. Ready? All right. All right. We'll try. The first one, trucks become alive. Oh, maximum overdrive. Second one is car becomes alive. Christine. The third one is Dead Cat and Kid Become Alive. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. <laughs> there was so many and there was more that I could have done. The thing about Cars Come Alive is that is that almost too interesting? Because for maximum oh, these are all most of mine are too interesting. I could make it more boring, but I want I I, I leaned into funny. Maximum overdrive is about a, a Marvel themed truck that like threatens a bunch of people as cars become alive. <laughs> oh wait, I lied. I, I, I have a I have one more Stephen King. Oh, yeah. What is it? 
recovering alcoholic still can't finish his novel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's the shining. That's not bad, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's not bad. It's tough when you find a genre that it's like I feel like it's easy to boil down like a romantic comedy because it's like guy talks to girl, she's not interested. <laughs> but like when you start getting into a horror movie or anything that has a supernatural element, it becomes difficult to break down the part that like dra- like you said drags you into the movie. Romina, do you have a title or a movie that you really like that maybe we can come up with another good one like we did for uh, <laughs> Planet, Planet of the, of the Apes? Apes. Yeah, Galaxy Quest. Oh. Ooh. That's a good one. Do you have one already waiting or you just want to see what we can do or that's another one you haven't cracked? I do I do not have one for that one. Ooh, there's and there's a like it's like that thing like what one thing do you pick, right? Cuz there's a lot of aspects to that movie. Washed up actors reprise their roles. See, I was thinking about something like that too. Something like washed up washed up actors take on a last gig or something. Cuz like, you can't even mention space, right? Right, exactly. So how do you make it how do you because that could be anything, you know? But how do you how does it identify that it's Galaxy Quest? Mm. Don't. <laughs> yeah, that is a hard one. Wash up actors are promoted to <laughs> emissarial duties. No, it's like suddenly it gets to it. Like if you describe them being kidnapped at all, it's too right, interested. Right. There's probably more movies we can't do or would be really hard to do than there would be ones that you can get really good ones. I got one that see if you guys know what this one is. A group of kids liberate a handicapped man while fundraising for their neighborhood. I think I got it. He likes candy bars. To give you a hint. <laughs> Baby Ruth! <laughs> Matt knows what it is. I, yeah, Stumped Romina. What is it? Goonies. <laughs> it's really hard when you... Like, it makes sense when you say it, but it's really hard when you boil it down, right? Oh, no. She has the aha moment. Yeah. I saw Goonies when I was way too young. So that one scared the hell out of me. Yeah, you were traumatized. <laughs> I feel like they should have like a disclaimer like on that one. Yeah. yeah. It had it had the trifecta. It was like kids talking to strangers. Kids don't even know where their parents are. Didn't leave a note. And then um, penis statues. <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs> That's part of the trifecta. <laughs> Everything just made me traumatized as a kid. Yeah, it was that was a horrifying movie. I'm still part of my brain is still trying to figure out Galaxy Quest, by the way. I haven't I haven't put that down yet. What about nerdy fan helps washed up actors <laughs> career? And listeners, when you guys are, are checking this episode out, if you have a good one for any of these ones that are stumping us, please let us know. <laughs> Tim Allen reboots career. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Tim Allen just unsubscribed. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> I think I feel so. I don't know. I'm going to just kind of add this on here. It's not really, it's kind of a, a tangent a little bit, but I feel yeah. like Galaxy Quest is the perfect movie. Ooh, why? Prove me wrong. Like on that level with Jaws? <laughs> like what's, what's perfect about it as a film, like as a movie, why is it perfect? Because the writing is perfect. It's got sharp dialogue. It has great character arcs for each of the characters. The comedic timing. So the acting's mm. great. Directing's great. Special effects for a comedy. It's pretty great. Sure. Plus it has a little bit of everything. It's got romance. It's got comedy. It's got, you know, that tearjerker moment. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of everything. 
And I feel like it's one of those that it's hard to be like, this thing is absolutely wrong with it. So that makes it a perfect movie. I think it's hard to argue any, like, I don't want, like, the thing is I like the movie so much that I don't want to, like, search for, like, pinholes to poke into your argument. Right. Even though we are contrarians, and Matt and I love to argue about why, why movies are good. If Rumi had said that, I would rip this movie apart. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, though, like, there's something about that movie that, that I think also bolsters that argument is that there's a nostalgia factor to something that doesn't exist. Mm. You got Sigourney Weaver, who everybody's like, oh, Ripley's awesome. It's so great right. to see her be awesome again. Sigourney Weaver is awesome. It's great to see that happen. Obviously, the nostalgia for classic Star Trek. At the time, Tim Allen was Tim Allen. remembered fondly by a big population of adult males who were like, oh, man, Tim the Toolman Taylor's hilarious. <laughs> so not just adults, but also children, because Tim Allen was kind of a dad. He was a TV dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I hadn't actually thought about that nostalgia factor that it has. So what an interesting fact is when I saw Galaxy Quest, I knew like basically nothing about Star Trek. I mean, I knew of Star Trek, but I was not a Star Trek fan. I went to see Galaxy Quest for a friend's birthday and I had no idea what Galaxy Quest was either. Like it was just like, hey, we're all going to go for my birthday. And I was suddenly in the theater watching this movie. It instantly became one of my favorite movies ever. I love Galaxy Quest. I had no idea that it was like the greatest Star Trek movie that was non Star Trek movie mm. until yeah. I was at a Comic Con with my friend and he mentioned it to me where I saw like this Galaxy Quest memorabilia and I was like, what? That's just so cool, you know? Because it's like, who makes Galaxy Quest memorabilia, you know? Because it's such a like, yeah. It's a, it's a comedy film. Like, why would you make memorabilia for it? Right. And I was so excited about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, because like Star Trek, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I haven't really dove into that yet. And he's like, what? I would have assumed like you're such a big Galaxy Quest fan. Like, I just I would have assumed that you you were a Star Trek nerd. And I'm like, no, I mean, I don't know. Watching Star Trek after having seen Galaxy Quest, I don't know, maybe like 563 times. I started to notice like all of the parallels and I was like, oh mm. my God, what? The in-jokes suddenly revealed. Right? Yeah, right. it was, like, it was yeah. like I had shook God's hand, right? And so <laughs> yeah. that really made me realize how good of a film Galaxy Quest is as a standalone film. The fact that it was a quote-unquote fan film, like an homage towards Star Trek yeah. culture behind it. And for me not being a part of it and being able to enjoy it, and being able to be a fan of it. That's true. As a standalone film. Matt and I always say that you need to be able to enjoy a movie without doing homework. And that's one of our big arguments about like the Watchmen movie uh-huh. is like, yeah, the movie's fine. But if you read the comic book, it made more sense. And then we're always like, well, you shouldn't have to have ingested the written material. Like watching right. Lord of the Rings. I shouldn't have to have read the books to enjoy them. But a lot of people are like that's required. That's required homework. And you're right. Galaxy Quest didn't require of you to be a Star Trek fan, but luckily Star Trek is such a phenomenon that even if you're not a Trekkie, right. you know, if even if you're not a hardcore fan, you're aware that it exists and you're aware of the format. They go out, they go to planets, they try to be diplomatic, stuff goes wrong, and then, uh, you know, shoot phasers and they teleport, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it even goes like further than that, though, because it's like, if you didn't know Star Trek, that's one thing. But like, I always think my mom, who knows nothing cool about anything, 
She's not into anything. <laughs> she's not. And she if she doesn't listen to the show. But if she did, she would call in and be like, that's true. I don't know shit about shit. But she doesn't know anything about anything. Like the three of us could very easily write a list of sci-fi tropes, right? Sci-fi mm-hmm. story, yep. sci-fi movie tropes. She couldn't do that. But she knows what funny things are. She would watch that movie, Galaxy Quest, and think it was funny. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't yeah. need to know. Like she wouldn't need to get the parody type jokes to get why it's funny. I think the three of us all like galaxy quest because we know it is making fun of other things, referencing other things. And I think like Rumi, you and I know there's a lot of horror movies like Leslie Vernon behind the mask, that kind of stuff that is trying to do the same thing where it's this type of horror or horror slash comedy. That's a commentary on other stuff. But I feel like if you were not into horror, those movies are going to kind of fall flat on you. So like if my mom watched Leslie Vernon and my mom watched galaxy quest, I know she wouldn't make it to the end of Leslie Vernon. And I don't think she would love Galaxy Quest like we all are, but I think she'd be like, oh, that was funny. You know what I mean? It would be accessible. And I think that that speaks probably a little bit to to what Romina is saying about how it's like perfect. And it is like the every man could like that or the every mom, I guess I should say. You know how families get like memes, like internally, like families get like jokes, in jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One that became one of my family's huge in jokes was. Those poor people <laughs> from Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And, and we would say it all the time when like you saw some people being some right idiots and we'd be like, those poor people <laughs> <laughs> cracking up. So are you a big sci-fi fan? I, I did notice because <laughs> when we were bringing you on, I, I checked out your website and you had like, here's some books I've been reading. You read like Brave New World, I think, is on your reading list. So are you a sci-fi fan? Oh, yeah, I am a sci-fi fan. I'm a huge sci-fi That's fan. That's awesome. Did you get to yeah. see my Final Frontier gallery on my website? My website's pretty intricate. Yeah, you have a lot going on. I <laughs> yeah. see you dressed as a red a red shirt yeah. sitting in a captain's chair. Where is that? Where was that? Where did you get to sit in a in a real bridge captain's chair? There's a fan series of Star Trek Continues, which yeah. they rebuilt the Enterprise, the original series Enterprise. They rebuilt this set in order to do these in order to do their fan series. Yeah. They filmed that in Georgia, right? Yeah. So it's only like three hours or so south east yeah. uh Atlanta, Georgia. You can go there. I mean, they have like open houses frequently and they they film stuff in it's like these studios, but they have the enterprise. So they have all the different rooms that you would have seen in the original series. And it's like basically to scale like they, their attention to detail was incredible and it was all built by volunteers and people who just wanted to make this happen my friend catering as they go by on instagram was one of the costume people on that show nice and uh yeah that's really cool yeah so, so you got to go really see cool. it yeah. yeah i went to i went to go uh to one of the open houses and uh they had like some of the cast people there some people you know, who worked on the crew, they screened one of the episodes and just talked about it and stuff. And it was generally, just, it was just cool. Like, you know, some people were dressed up. And so I obviously went dressed up because I'm like, dude, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be sitting like on the bridge. I want pics. Like, this is it. You know, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it up to the actual one that's like in New York. You know, yeah, I, this is this is my moment. I got to go make this happen. When you almost have to say that the fans who built that put more attention to detail into it than I think anybody else would. Like, you know, Vegas had a Star Trek casino for a while. I'm sure that was like, somebody was like, I see a picture of it. I got it. (laughs) But this, like, people cared about it so much to make this. And I know that Grant Imahara, RIP, was very involved with that show as well. 
And it was so cool to see a fan video of, of like, hey, we're putting this together out of the love of this of this property to make so many episodes and do it for the love of it and then not be squashed by like corporate people and be like, no, you can't make this. They were actually like, wow, that's really amazing. You guys can keep going because you're carrying that legacy of the show. And I think they got a lot of like actual cast members to come on as cameos sometimes, mm-hmm. which that's awesome. That's really awesome. I love it. I work on The Walking Dead and uh, one of our executive producers, Greg Nicotero, is a huge Galaxy Quest fan. And he dressed up as Alan Rickman from Galaxy Quest with the full makeup one day. And we were like, you look just like Alan Rickman and nobody knew this. How did nobody notice that you look like Alan Rickman? Did he just come into the office like that? On Halloween, we all dress up. Okay. I was waiting for the (laughs) content. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like this is amazing. Like one day Greg just showed up. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could just so, show up as like I want to work there. That's cool. It's like, you just show up like as whatever you want. <laughs> on Halloween it gets bonkers, and of course the makeup department shows up, and they go, they have to go all out. Like, yeah, and, and it's funny because some of them they're like, we're just expected to be the best, so I have to go all out. And they're like, I was, I was gonna do a like a, a lazy version of it, but like no, we have to go all out because we're the makeup department. I always and say so, that's like asking like an accountant if they like like tax day. Like, hey, man, it's almost April 15th. The tax that counts like, it's my job. That's how I used to yeah. feel when I did special effects makeup. Though. Oh, you must love Halloween. It's like, no, it's, it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> my first year in LA, Matt, I think you got me the invite. We went to the makeup effects ball, which is like all mm-hmm. the top, top, top people. And, you know, I, I heard people were dressing up and doing these incredible things. I literally just put like a fake scar on my face and dre- dressed up as like a gangster in the cheapest because like i'm not even there to compete i don't want to be judged i just i just want to blend into the crowd and see it because you show up and your jaw is on the floor with some of these incredible makeups that people do but you're right it's like people expect you to be uh the best if that's your job and they're like i'm not going to win the costume contest because people are just like oh well that's what you do every day it's like no i'm still putting effort into it today come on (laughs) not to change the topic but do you want to hear a really good uh boring summary yes yes hit me with it podcasters off topic oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's pretty on brand for the launch pad oh podcast. no it's certainly on brand it makes sense we have so much other shit we got to talk about since we did bring up sigourney weaver i okay. have a few sigourney weaver themed ones Ooh. all right hit us it'll be pretty obvious but a trucker looks for her cat and dumps her cargo while being bothered by pests <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good by a pest yeah yeah by a yeah, pest yeah, yeah. Trucker cat lady becomes government advisor to make up for the cargo she dumped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. That was aliens. But it keeps going because that franchise is great. Everyone's favorite cat lady gets a haircut (laughs) and has a baby. (laughs) I still have so many questions, though. That's so so like, you know, (laughs) I'm just, yeah, it just brings up so many questions. Certainly does. It's they're they're almost a little too interesting. And then Alien Resurrection was really hard because clone of Cat Lady Trucker has issues with surrogate mother. <laughs> Did you do one for Prometheus though? No, that is not part of the Alien franchise. <laughs> <clears throat> we probably have dedicated more hours of tirade against Prometheus and Alien Covenant on this podcast than any other movie. Wow, I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of those episodes. We have we have a huge. Oh, actually, I do have one for Prometheus. A group of scientists 
poke a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Take their helmets off and poke a bunch of shit. Because in that movie, we call them the pokeologists because everything they see, they start poking. Like they're everything. like, look at these, look at these symbols on the wall, and they just start touching it. Look at this goo on the floor, and they start poking. And it Covenant, and like, they do the same thing in Covenant. They're like, oh, look at this Covenant. shit. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, let's take our helmets off and breathe in this air. Oh, I think Covenant uh, was even worse. Yeah, Covenant added like three hundred percent more flute playing robots. Yeah. I mean, at least at least Prometheus had like memorable images, whereas Covenant, it feels like fair. it was like a dream, like or a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really remember quite remember. I think that's fair. Mm. Prometheus was more memorable, but it's right. it is definitely more memorable. But I think that's more a testament to the to to the set design and sure, rather than everything. And else. people having <laughs> sex instead of watching the security cameras. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm all one for good sex, but at the same time, like, you had one job, bro. Edris Elba just playing the squeeze box and suddenly knowing everything. <laughs> He's like, I haven't left the ship yet, but this is a weapons factory. Do you think, like, in that universe, when you were packing to go, you know, on these long, long intergalactic expeditions, you were allowed to bring, like, one personal object? And someone's like, all right, I'm bringing my cat. He was like, okay, I'm bringing my squeeze box. <laughs> <laughs> someone else I forget in Alien I don't know who it was but someone else is bringing it like I'm bringing my vintage magazine porn yeah. I hope no one <laughs> rolls it up and tries to smother Sigourney Weaver with it you know like, like everyone yeah. was allowed one personal item that was I'm not I'm bringing really... that bird that bird <laughs> that dips in the water yeah I'm gonna bring that thing <laughs> everyone was allowed one random stupid thing Shirley's Theron is like I'm gonna bring my dad <laughs> Question: You know, if you were stuck on a deserted island, what would you bring with you? That bird, desert you know? island. Yeah, the bird. That bird. Yeah, the bird dripping. Desert island discs is a radio show that's one of the longest running radio show podcasts ever done. Like it's a British show, and it has every every episode they ask some famous person to bring books and records, and what would they bring? And it's been going forever. They have some incredible guests on that show. But like every time I listen to it, I'm always like, no, that's a that's a dumb book, but that's a good album because <laughs> you don't like reading. Yeah. But since it's the theme of of our current episode, what's the most boring thing that <laughs> Rumi gets stuck on an island and he brings? What's the most boring thing I would bring? Like an extra <laughs> pair of underwear. It's like logical. It's like a good idea. And like there would be days where I'm like, ah, thank God I have this. But for the most part, I'd be like, ah, if I'd have brought an Oreo. I was just thinking socks, and I was like, knowing my luck, I'd be like doing my laundry in the Desert Island River and lose the one lose sock. Lose one. And be like, <laughs> how, 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 how does this happen? Plus, do you really want to bring socks to an island? I mean, presumably, it's going to be probably hot, right? I would never wear socks on an island. That's like the first thing I would lose. I feel like that's a crime. That's kind of, it, it's kind of a crime, <laughs> I feel like. No, I think I think a fire building device, but that's too exciting. I was going for the most boring. That's too thing. logical. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, what about like an extension cord <laughs> <laughs> to hang myself with? Are you kidding? <laughs> I would bring a succulent. <laughs> that's a good idea. I love the idea that you you get to that island and it's full of succulent. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's the most boring thing is to bring plant life to an uninhabited That's a good idea. I guess you island. could bring sand. That's probably the worst, right? That would be... We're just assuming all islands have sand because of the movies we watch. Right. Mm. <laughs> or you could bring a, a clock. 
That might be a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> rock. That would be pretty safe. I brought my favorite pet rock, Reggie. <gasps> pet rocks. <laughs> the kryptonite from the comic books, Matt. Remember when comic books would sell kids Oh, yeah, rocks? yeah. Green rocks. Oh, my gosh. I would have bought one of those things, though, for sure. Do you read comics, Romina? I don't read comics. Not a comic. Okay, that's fine. Now she's thinking, she's like, oh, these guys are nerds. What nerds? We are nerds. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything, but... <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have read comics, but I just don't I'm not a comic book fan. Yeah, they don't they don't appeal to everybody. I tried to get my wife to read one comic book and she's like, it's not really a form of media I like to ingest. And I was like, can't really argue with you there. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was like, you must read Watchmen and she was like, no. It's not working for me. <laughs> not the place to start. That was a birthday present. My wife, I asked my wife to read Watchmen cuz my I think the movie came out two days after my birthday, the year that it came out. And I was like, will you just read this book and then we can go see the movie together? And she was like, yeah. She read nine pages and she had it for like <laughs> seven months. And I was like, I was not even as upset that she didn't read it. I was just upset that she put it on the floor under her bed, like under her, not her bed, but under her side of our bed. And I was like, I don't remember if we were married yet at the point or not. I should have just, I should have just tried to get out then, but I got the book <laughs> back. That's the good news. Hmm. <laughs> Here's another boring description. This one comes from Gustavo on Twitter at Verboska. Old lady tells a story about a boat on a different boat. Uh, <laughs> That's Titanic. <laughs> I like that. I love one. that one. A political confrontation ensues after a structural flaw is discovered in a government building. Ooh. That one's Star Wars. <laughs> All right. I like that. A four-star restaurant is brought back up to five-star by a critic who likes their rat food. <laughs> Ratatouille. A grandfather reads to his grandson while he's homesick. That's good. Yeah, Princess Bride. Mm. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Every time I watch that movie, I get really excited by how good it is. Like I had forgotten. This episode very easily can become what movies we like and don't like. Because I was like, oh, I just I love that movie too, but I'm all new to it. I didn't watch it growing up. I just watched it recently, pretty much for the first time. Did you freeze or are you just surprised? <laughs> no, it's true. Kid Speeds accidentally dates his mom. <laughs> I like that. It's still going fast is too exciting. Going fast us, is the right? speeding is exciting. <laughs> how about how about how about this one? How about this one? A pilot does okay on his final exam. Is that Top Gun? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> does okay. It's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, he does okay. Do you have any other ones, Romina? Or other tough nuts to crack? Other ones that you haven't been able to do? No. I mean, I feel like the two biggest ones for me was, well, Planet of the Apes was definitely the number one that I just like, I kind of came up with one, but it wasn't really that great because... I think we did okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guy gets upset at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about counselors killed because employer doesn't offer swimming lessons? <laughs> <laughs> Which was that one? Uh, Friday the 13th. Oh. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, as you can see, is one of my favorite. I have a, I have I a Freddy glove behind, behind me. Uh, is one of my all-time favorite. And it, like, there's nothing, like, it, that was so hard to even attempt to do because... There's too many fantastical elements. Yeah. Too many people getting killed, burnt up guy, claws. Right. Like, there's no... 
there's no good way to to describe uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or any of its sequels. Cops don't believe daughter. Yeah, cop dad doesn't believe daughter. He just died. John Saxon just died like a. I know, ago, right? man. I so. so many RIPs on this episode. Yeah, John Saxon, man. That you know, Enter the Dragon and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I tried so hard to do a boring one for 2001, but it just was a regular summary because I love that movie, but it is boring as fuck. <laughs> um, and then, do you like 2001, Romina? Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, I think it's great and it's beautiful. It's great, but oh, I love it. But it just takes it. forever. Like I couldn't make it sound less boring than it actually is. I wrote the words. I tried in caps so hard to make a boring movie summary for this movie, but no matter what I wrote, it was more exciting than the actual movie. Let me see here. Um, How about guy talks to his computer? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that could also be the same thing for her. The movie her. Oh, I think it works really well if it applies to like three or four movies at once. <laughs> I had the opposite problem with Doomsday. Remember Doomsday? Oh, I love a that movie. A bunch of stuff happens. How do you encompass that? Obelisk confounds all. That's no, that's, that's intriguing. That. Yeah. 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 It's intriguing at least. Hmm. Computer malfunctions. Computer mal yeah, yeah. Man talks to his computer. Computer malfunctions. Computer sings. Computer malfunctions. Guy jogs around his workplace. <laughs> I like that. There you go. <laughs> I had two more that I was proud of. Okay. Lay it on me. Okay. People almost die, then die. What is that? Final Destination. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, right? I like that one. It's good. It encompasses all 27 of them. (laughs) 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 We're very big fans of those movies. Oh, yeah, me too. It's my favorite. I go go watch them. Well, I used to. Every time they came out, I would go to the theater opening night. I was there. Oh, they're so good. I was that was one of those things. I was late to that train. I watched the first couple and I did like didn't like them for some reason. Then I re got on it and I was like, oh damn. And then I caught up really quick. The last couple I saw in theaters. Yeah. Fun as hell. Yeah, I love them because they cut out the middleman of like any other horror movie needs a guy in a mask. This was like, nah, skip the guy in the mask. Just get to the kills. <laughs> Just get to the kills. Sometimes it's a shimmer, sometimes it's a noise, sometimes it's a song. Yeah. People almost die. Then we did a we did a huge six part series on all of them. We, we like dedicated a lot of time. Some of the best to the kills. Fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we came up with our own kills for each other. That was ridiculous. My favorite oh. one. My favorite one is the one where the uh, it was in three D, which of course I saw it in three D. Sure. And it had the chain link fence, and and the guts. And the, yeah. It, it was like a, it was a through, truck. A like, truck backed into a guy, and then he smushed through the fence. And right? they were like diamond shaped, and like came towards yeah. the audience. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life." That's like a movie that Ugh. leaned into that 3D premise well and well earned. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is art. This is art." Yeah, they did a good job. I like the one where the girl fall fall. It's like in the opening scene, she falls on the boat, and the mast of the boat oh, like no. impales her. And oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Bleh, uh. <laughs> But like oh. they, they did, they put a lot of depth into that. They made it 3D look good. Oh. I feel like if you told me I had to write a scene for a movie and I'm not a writer, I think I could do it, but I'd be like really concerned and upset and like nervous about it. Unless yeah. you said you have to write the opening scene of a Final Destination movie, I'd be like, oh, that's no problem. I like, <laughs> and even if they gave no parameters, they're like, or you could be like, you could give me a very specific set of parameters. I could think I could pull that out either way. 
You need to kill 22 people on a bridge or around a bridge. I'm like, okay, I got it. I got that. I, I smell your next uh, tweet, Romina. It's <laughs> describe Final Destination, <laughs> Rube Goldberg of death. Oh my gosh. That's, uh, so, Rumi, you said you had one more? Yeah, one more. All right, last one. Little Girl Wins Penmanship Award. <laughs> this is a, more of a deep cut. What is it? Have you ever seen a movie called The Bad Seed? No, but I know, I know, I know of it. It's so yeah. good. From what so I gather good. of your taste, you would enjoy watching it. Even if you didn't love it as much as we did, you would like it as a movie. You know what it's about, right? Right, yeah. So a little boy drowns, mm-hmm. and we as the audience are led heavily to believe that this little girl had something to do with the drowning. Right. And we find out later she did, and it was because this boy won a penmanship award that she wanted, and she now has the penmanship award as a result of it's, his drowning. That's simple enough. There's more yeah. to <laughs> movie than that, but... Little girl wins penmanship <laughs> That movie's award. so good. Oh, my God. This has been so much fun, and I really like how just such a simple, potentially boring question led to so much fun creativity and really did, like you said, brought a lot of fun thought to a lot of people. What have you found is the reaction to it? Like, how big has it gotten for you? I mean, I've seen it on CNN reposting some of this stuff. Yeah, well, there's definitely been some really big brands that have kind of reiterated it. They've made their own versions of it according to whatever they sell or whatever, you know, their audience is interested in. But I've also had a bunch of friends who have texted me out of the blue and were like, oh, I saw you on my Facebook timeline. And they sent me a screenshot of like someone who shared a screenshot of the tweet because apparently that somewhere along the line, someone took a screenshot of my tweet with my name, like on the top there Oh, and Mm -hmm. shared that. So instead of just sharing, like, you know, copying and pasting it, like they were actually like sharing the Oh, tweet. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that was all over Facebook and even Instagram too. Like people were sharing it as like Instagram posts and asking people to comment on stuff. So it was kind of like I was getting people who were tagging me and like sharing the screenshots with me and stuff like that. Uh, just to show me that it was like getting the rounds, you know? And when yeah. was this? We didn't say that. When did that happen? The original? The original tweet was... I believe July second. It was a it was a couple of days before July fourth of this year. So like right yeah. right a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So the tweet currently, as it stands on July twenty sixth, is sixty six thousand retweets and twenty nine point one thousand. Well, twenty nine thousand one hundred likes. Dang, that's awesome. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's awesome. Where can obviously on Twitter you're at Red Romina. Where else can people follow you? Give a plug for your website and whatever else you're working on right now. What do you want people to see? That's pretty much it. Red Romina all over the internet. I try to keep it as consistent yeah. as possible. And if I can't keep it consistent, I don't join the service. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Red? I love that. Why is it red? Because it's my favorite color. <laughs> all right, fair enough. That's adorable. Her website is really great too. Like I, when Rumi told me that he'd gotten in touch with you, we tried to do a little bit of research. So he sent me the, you know, the link to your website Mm. and I opened the website and I totally expected it to just be like that. You were like a podcaster slash like, um, like social media type person, but like, no, like you're traveling, you're uh, an art, an artist in many different senses. 
it's a really cool website and it i mean not only does it look really nice and everything but there's a lot of cool fun stuff on there to look at and view and watch so definitely check out her website as well there's pictures from the um star trek sets that she was talking about as well and she takes you on places all over the world your trip to ireland was was i watched that video as well oh thank you yeah i tried to make my website exciting so i i actually really do appreciate that you said all that because I feel like having a website, I want people to actually enjoy being on it and not just, you know, going on there and clicking through my resume type of thing, you know? There's definitely more than that on yeah. there. There's so much stuff to check out. So definitely give it a look, not just your social media, but check that out too. It's better than our website, which is launchpadpod.com. And you can follow us on <laughs> social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at launchpadpod. Romina, thank you so much for coming on. We This has been really fun. We really enjoyed playing with your tweet that was really fun yeah thank you we could do more stuff because you have proved yourself to be a pretty cool nerd so you're you're at the barbecue for at least 10 minutes that's at least 10 (laughs) minutes you've got would you come back sometime to talk uh, maybe some more star trek or some more sci-fi oh yeah for sure whenever you guys want i mean i can update you on my star trek journey please do i would love to because we we Actually, we do a lot of Star Wars stuff, and it'd be really fun to get a Star Trek perspective at some point because, yeah, we get hit up all the time with people being like, you should do Doctor Who. I've never seen a Doctor Who, and I'm so a bad I nerd for that. I a huge Doctor Who fan for very long yeah? time. Oh, okay. Until like a few years ago where I just kind of, I was like, eh, I'm done with this. I got to get into Star Trek now. I was also a huge Star Wars fan, so that might be interesting. We're down. I mean, Star Wars is always our wheelhouse. Star Trek, we didn't really, we dabbled in here and there. Same Doctor Who. I watched Doctor Who as a kid. The only one I knew is the one with the the long the scarf. scarf. I just know that one. Yeah. And I don't know any, I don't remember anything about him other than him and K-9. That's really all I remember. <laughs> and the screwdriver. Yeah. And like I said, like I had Star Trek toys. Odo was really cool. He lived in that bucket at night. He would transform into to the little liquid man. And you know, that was that was about what I knew, but I, I really enjoyed it was fun. It's a great show. So it'd be interesting to see see that. It's unfortunate that I think a lot of time the fandoms are like no crossover and you're like, what? It's they're fun space shows. Come on. <laughs> Come on. They're good. All right. Well, guys, this has been super fun. Matt, I think we need to blast this off. Oh, absolutely. Romina, we do a secret handshake. Do you want to be uh, in on the secret handshake? Yes. It's going to be tricky to do over the internet, but we've been doing it with pretty good success. So it's a high five. Basically, your hand comes in, you do a high five, it turns into a rock sideways, it turns into a rocket ship, and then we blast off with a raspberry. Yeah. So we're going to do it a three way high five. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, guys. Thank you so much. This has been super fun. Leave us your tweets. Let us know how you made your favorite movies boring. Find that tweet online and put in your own input. I know we have a lot of creative listeners. It'd be super fun to see what you guys thought and what you guys come up with. That's like a challenge. I want to see what you guys can come up with because I know you fuckers are funny. It is true. So until next time, we've been the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three. Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff.